Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Well, that'll take a pretty big bite out of your Saturday. Ouch. Edmonton Oilers dropping another one. 5-2 at the hands of the Nashville Predators, a team that they toy with for fun on most nights. Not right now. Boy, is this team ever lacking some big-time mojo. The loss is continuing to pile up. Jason Strudwick standing by to break it all down. As always, got your back. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Sherwood Buick GMC. The number one dealership in all of Canada, GMC dealership that is, for five years running, and it's easy to see why. They have stock, they have great staff, the buying process is easy. Go see Phil and the crew. They're just off Baseline Road on the way into Sherwood Park. And if you mention that the podcast sent you, mention Got Your Back sent you, and you'll receive specialized pricing. As a bonus, you'll also get three free ultimate detail packages on a new or used vehicle. Check out all they have to offer gmcpod.com that's www.gmcpod.com we're coming to you from the mobile long shot studio here at the rink long shots all game days are all day happy hour specials five dollar long shots lagger locations on stony plain road and out in sherwood park as we bring in jason strudwick oh boy struddy they're in the muck. They're in the mud puddles. I literally just got out of the locker room. We're going to talk. We talked to McDavid. We talked to Hyman and Kulak and Woodcroft. And, and, and we're going to break this whole thing down. But a headline thought here, Struds, this is bad, man. They have not been anywhere near where they need to. This is bad. That's it's. I mean, the, the start has just been horrendous for the group, right? It's just... You know, it's one thing gets going, another one falls off, or something hasn't got going at all, or some players aren't going. And I, and I you know, as I watched the game today, it just felt like a general lack of kind of um, jump, you know, emotion, you know, kind of going after it. And, and, and yeah, there's just, there's just, it's not there. It's not there right now. So they, you know, they got to find it quickly. Um, you know, and I think it's individual. It's, this isn't just one section of the team. I'd suggest it's across the board they're kind of listless okay uh normally we try and make some small talk off the top of the pod but there's no reason for any of that let's just get right to it just to lay the podcast out for you uh zuby's running things behind the scenes in Kelowna. you'll be your questions on the stream so if you're on, uh, on twitter on youtube send us your questions and in our ask us anything segment zuby will get to that we've got struds world coming up as well I know everyone's going to want to talk about the coach and the general manager and accountability and all of those things. And at this point, it's all very fair conversation. Here's the way we're going to handle that. Segment one, we're going to break down what the hell happened in this game, what went wrong, what the concerns are. We'll hear from some of the players. Segment two, takeaways. That's where we're going to go big picture. And we'll talk about Jay Woodcroft. We'll talk about Ken Holland. We'll talk about what they can potentially do to try and get themselves out of this and what I and we think they may do. So that's coming up in our second segment. Let's get to the breakdown brought to you by Mr. Dirk, the iconic men's clothing store here in Edmonton, founded in 1939. 
just a beautiful showroom they have just off White Avenue and 102nd Street. I'm wearing Mr. Dirk tonight at the game. If you want to elevate the, you know, the dress clothes that you've got, they can definitely help you do that. Suits and shirts and pants and all the dressy stuff. But they got great casual wear as well. So make sure you go check out Mr. Dirk, a one-stop shop for all your clothing needs. Go see Sterling and Dan and tell them that we say hello. Um, okay, Struds, I think we should maybe just, let, let's just talk about, you know, important players on this team in big moments, not not giving this team what they need. I think it's fair to start there today. I mean, we're seven games for Leon Dreisaitl without a goal. We're five games without Connor McDavid scoring a goal. Uh, the Oilers are, and they had some costly moments tonight. Well, I, I think let's just talk about top player versus top player. You know, it's, it's an old cliche, your best players have to be your best players. Well, this is two games in a row now where the other team's top line has not just beat the Oilers, they have soundly thrashed the Oilers' top line. You know, the last game was Robertson, Pavelski, and Hintz. Uh, tonight it was um, uh, Forsberg and uh, Ryan O'Reilly yeah. that had the big nights. And, you know, the Oilers' top guys, Leon and Connor, they don't have much to show for what happened, right? Even the, the power play goal. Uh, the first one, at least, was with with them on the bench. Uh, the next one, you know, I guess Connor would have got an assist on that one. But it's it's just obviously there's a lot of talk about depth and everything. But your top players, if they're getting beat by their team's top players, uh, you've got a big problem. And tonight, a hat trick by Ryan O'Reilly. That's a big problem for the Oilers when you're going head to head with them. I asked McDavid maybe last week. I asked him a very specific question about how you cut out these untimely mistakes. You know, because we've been hearing all season long that it's just individual mistakes. And so what's the pathway, if you're a player in that lineup, to making sure that you aren't the guy? And McDavid talked about recognizing moments and being ready. He talked about the start of a period, coming out and making sure you start with a good shift. Uh, next shift after a goal four, making sure. Taking care of the little moments in games that can be so big momentum-wise for your group. And I thought it was a really good answer. And I thought they did not do that tonight. That first shift in the second period where the top line pukes up a goal, that can't happen, Struds. It can't. And, you know, it's it's really hard, especially you put your big line out there, like, okay, these guys are going to get it going. They're going to feel it. And, you know, 30 seconds later, bang, it's a goal against uh, for, for the other team's top line. So really hard thing. And I, I will give you a similar answer to Connor, but slightly different. I believe the Oilers have to narrow their focus down to almost nothing, one shift at a time. Just don't worry about what you're going to do or what you're looking ahead. Just worry about that next shift because right now, shift to shift, it is unknown what you're going to get from any of the lines, much less a period. Um, I think they got to narrow down the shift by shift. Just have a good shift. Then we'll come back and reset. Just another good shift and reset because, uh, you know, you and Connor are both right. Those those moments are, are too often right now. You know, how often have we said they've had a really good period not not one a period but a really good period where they really had nothing go go sideways that they did themselves one of those other moments he talked about was the shift after a goal so the orders get off to a good start right darnell nurse uh ends up getting one to go uh and then it's pretty much right away on a wraparound goal it was not good for jack camp it wasn't he overplayed you need to be able to get back across to defend that other post if you're a goaltender. I'm no goaltending guru, but I know if you can't get across there on a wraparound, you're the one that's made the mistake. Um, could CC have gotten the stick there, potentially? Were there other guys that could have played that different for sure? 
But goaltending continues to be part of the problem, and it is not the solution for this group. They're lumped right in there with everybody else. But again, the next shift after a goal, this group lets down. Yeah, and again, it's, you know, it's, people think that you know it's a conscious choice. I, I don't believe it is, and it's not like they're not trying. But you have to just be ready for the surge from the other team, right? The other team's going to have a push because they're trying to get back. Because if you score again, now all of a sudden, you know, the team's down. So there's going to be a surge. There's going to be a push, especially when the other team puts their top line out, right? Those guys are dangerous. Um, you know, this team looks different with, uh, you know, a couple days in between when they last time played the Oilers. But they've got, they've got guys that can be skilled, but also guys that go to the net. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, both his goals added up about uh, three feet from the net. So you've got to just be ready for that surge and, and know when to defend and maybe even play a little bit on the defensive side, Shogger, rather than the other side. Connor McDavid had a couple of moments tonight, right? He had the one where he blitzed up ice and made the nice moves and got the shot on net. Um, he had some moments where he looked dangerous. Overall, though, he is a shadow of what he normally looks like out there. He is He's not exploding the way he does as often as he does. He's not controlling the play. I think he's having trouble handling the puck. Now, we asked McDavid after the game, but it was Derek Van Deest asked him if he was healthy, and he said yes. I don't necessarily believe him. I don't think McDavid's going to answer that truthfully necessarily. Um, to me, there's something in his hands that isn't quite right. I've been watching him at practice, and I don't think he's been shooting the puck that well. Maybe I'm off base. We've been watching this guy for a long time. He ends up with an assist. He's dashed two, but he's also 4-15 and 15 in the faceoff circle. 4-15, and 15, 21%. Wasn't the only one who was 5-13 and 13 there. That is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Just an embarrassing night in the circle. So you wonder if there's a hand injury, if there's something going on there. I don't have any proof. I don't know, but he does not look like himself. We'll talk about dry sidle next, but what do you think of what Connor McDavid is putting out there right now? Five the games, not a goal. Yeah, the, the eye test to me is he's he's – like even the sh the one you're talking about, we exploded up the ice and had that shot long range, not the and kind of through a D man and not a really screen D man. I wouldn't say that was a great A chance. It 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 looks like to me his his shots are coming from, from further out than we've seen in the past, hmm. um, and it's harder to score from further out, right? So I, I think that he's got to try to find more of the middle between the dots, you know, even five ten feet inside the dot in from in from the dots to try to get more. Higher scoring chance, a higher chance or higher probability of scoring chance in those areas. Um, you know, and, and and quite honestly, just just in between these two guys, it's time to split them up because it's not working. Connor and Leon are not playing well yeah. together. They well, he are split them up in this game, right? He split them up halfway oh. through this game completely. Like, no, but he did. It was a clear move in the second period. He went 91, 97, 18. Then he went 93, right. 29, 89. And he played that way basically for the rest of the night. But I agree. And and I think you would have even thought they should have started that way tonight. I, I am saying they should start the next game split up yeah. and not go back to them. It, it is, it's a crutch. And right now the crutch isn't working. And, you know, we can call it out. We can, well, they're going to get back on track. They might, but time is slipping away here. So yeah, he did split them up halfway through the game, but I believe that it's the crutch to go back to them. That's the safe feeling. And, and they don't need safe. They need to get out because put them together. You put them together, try to get them going. And for whatever reason, they aren't going. Um, and in fact, they're losing. So two of the most offensive players the last, what, five, six years, Shogger, are yeah. losing to other teams' top lines. Yeah. So we can break down everything we want about the bottom six or the goaltending or D-man plays, but when your top line is getting outscored five on five by other teams' top line, 
that's a real issue for the Oilers. So I, I'm glad you split them up. I might, I would have split them up sooner, but I, they have to stay split up. There is no need to put them back together. Do not put them together. Let's get to Leon Draisaitl now. Seven games without a goal for him. I mean, for these guys to be where they are points wise and in the scoring race, it, it just looks bizarre. You guys just keep scrolling down to find, you know, to find McDavid. Um, they're going to go through stretches like this at times, but off the start of a year like this where they're getting so far behind. But seven games without a goal here for Leon Dreisaitl. We talked about it before, his shot. The confidence seems to have come out of his shot a little bit, and I thought tonight he was more hesitant to shoot it in areas where he would have absolutely done it before. And passing, I think he had fewer turnovers tonight by making poor, poorly selected passes than in recent games. But to me... The will and the drive and the keeping your feet moving and grinding and just willing things to happen, that's come out of his game and been replaced by some signs of frustration for me. Seven games here, Struds, for 29. One shot tonight. One shot. So you can't score three goals if you only have one shot. Trust me. Most nights I had zero, so I wasn't scoring at all. <laughs> so what, what they need to do, they need to – he, he – you know, you're looking around the dressing room. So let's just say we're before the dressing room, before the game, we're sitting around looking around. Good. Raphael Lawat, first NHL game. Love the energy. That's great. Derek Ryan, uh, Holloway, McLeod, all these guys. But everyone is looking at you, Jai Seidel, to be the guy that gets them going. This is your team. You are the best player, if not the best player in the world, one of the top two players in the world. They're looking at you to get it done. They're looking at McDavid to get it done. Looking at Hyman to get it done. They're looking at Nurse to get it done. Um, Nugent Hopkins and those guys, they were not able to get it done tonight. In fact, they they cost the team, right? So you could get frustrated. I get it. I, I, you know, being frustrated is is not fun and it's hard, but it is on you. You are the one that has to turn it around. That that's what it is. Body language, mm -hmm. um, the energy you bring to the rink, the frustration you bring to the rink, all that affects everybody around you. If Raphael Lavoie gets frustrated, it's like, okay, too bad. No, he's, he's only playing eight minutes. No one really, it, it doesn't matter. But when your big guys are getting frustrated, they're looking at you to get it. You are the guy. You're the man. You got to get it going. You have to turn it around. Let's get to the Weiss Johnson sound box. With 45 years in the business, should you need a new furnace, garage heater, air conditioner, hot water tank, or if you have those and you need it serviced, they are the place to go. Edmonton's number one choice for heating, air conditioning, and plumbing services. You can give them a shout. Call Dennis and the crew over at Weiss Johnson, 780-463-3096. Jingle. Let it, let it go. People need it. People need a little more Weiss Johnson jingle for their mood. All right, that song a lot happier than the mood was in the locker room post game. Um, uh, Zuby, I know we got a couple of different clips, uh, and I was in there asking a bunch of the questions, but I'm not exactly sure what you've picked. But let's go to Connor McDavid first here. We'll hear what Connor had to say. Yeah, it's just death by a thousand cuts. You know, like that's what it feels like. It's just, you know, like one one mistake and it costs us another little mistake, and you know, kind of just snowballs. And like I said, it's tough to it's tough to chase games. I did ask Connor McDavid about his own play. Um, he sets high standards for himself. I asked him where he thinks his play is at. I don't think we have that clip, but it was really short. He said, need to be better. Definitely not up to my standard. So didn't really, it was a very short clip. He didn't dive into it. He wasn't going to get into details, but he was very clear, not anywhere near uh, his standard. One of the most concerning things on this night for me, Struds, is that post-game, one of the narratives that, that 
we'd end up talking about is too many battles lost. How are you in this situation with your with the barn on fire and a narrative after the game is too many puck battles being lost? But that was from the head coach as we go back to the Weiss Johnson soundbox. I thought we started well, um, scored a, a goal on a power play with uh, uh, with a different unit, which is a good sign for us. Uh, didn't love the fact that we gave up a goal on the next shift. Um, we scored a, a goal in the second period on the power play again. In the next shift, we, we took a penalty. So um, that's not a good sign for our group. The shift after a goal, whether you score it or you give it up, is an important one. Um, I thought we lost a lot of puck battles today. Didn't like that. Didn't like seeing that. I thought um, our puck play wasn't good enough today. Um, to a man, uh, not good enough from everybody. Puck battles, to me, is effort, Struds. I mean, you can you can debate that. But when you're losing puck battles and it's being pointed out you're losing puck battles, that's about will in the moment to do whatever you have to do to win that battle. That can't be a narrative right now. They got to be killing themselves to get out of this. It's it's a habit, right? Just just being there and coming coming in to win that battle. Now you're not going to win every 100 percent of your battles, but you want, if you win more than you lose, generally speaking, you're gonna the outcome should be positive in the game, and. You know, if, if you're questioning that, your ability to do that, or the coach is want, you know, wondering why that isn't happening, that's a really hard thing. But that that's not system. That That is not GM. That is not coach. That is individual people and something you can control. You are able to control how many battles you win by, how you arrive at that battle, and what mood you arrive at that battle in. And, you know, it is just – and I agree with them. You know, and, and you look at a couple of goals around the net. You know, Ryan O'Reilly outworked Oilers D. But there's plain, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. He wanted a little bit better. Same last game, Sam Gagne scoring uh, his first goal uh, return. He wanted it more than anybody else around him. And and I love seeing that, but it is so, when you're sitting there, like if I have to watch those clips and I'm the guy uh, who's getting out muscle in front of his own net, oh, that's a hard one to swallow, Shogger. Yeah. And then Vinny Dernay, right? Like big moments, big mistakes. Just a weird little hitch. Just yeah. thought he saw something and pushed forward off the blue line. <laughs> Had no insulation, no help. Massive mistake. Beautiful oh. pass. He tried to get back into it, but Vinny Darnay can't make that mistake, Struds. He is not the guy to be hopping you're, down from the line and risking anything. You're the sixth D-man on the team. Your job is to not get scored on. We don't, we don't need you to score. That's not what they need. They need you to be the in – that, in that play, he needs to be the catch-all. Right, anything that comes yeah. through there, he's got it. He's like that middle linebacker. Anyone gets through the line, that's your guy. He jumps up. Someone gets through the line where he's exactly supposed to be, and then that's then 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 they score. So I get and this. Let's be clear though. This comes from a place of wanting to contribute, want to make difference. You want to try to help. Oh yeah, no one's questioning that from him, not from that guy. No, but but less is more. Just say you no. Know I'm gonna, I don't have to hit a home run every shift. I'm just going to go out there. I'm just not going to get scored on. I'll move the puck. He's moving the puck fine. But that choice in that moment, that's a hard one, right? That's yeah. You get paid to not make those mistakes. If you're sixth offenseman and someone outskills you, yeah, you know what? That's uh, a, a, An $8 million player is going to beat a $700,000 player. It's going to happen, right? But you can't be the one that puts them in that spot for that breakaway. Um, now, it is a great pass. I'll, I will agree to that. But yeah. Tough, tough one. I just because I, I had to watch it a couple of times. Like, what happened? And then, like, yeah. oof, not ideal. 
Um, okay, we're going to get to our takeaway segment next here uh, after a short break. Real quick, though, Raphael Lavoie, NHL debut tonight, had the great flow and warm-up, the good head of hair, <laughs> went without the bucket. Um, what did you think of Lavoie in his first game? Surprised he got 10 minutes, right? I think he was just over 10 or something like that. Happy for him uh, to get that first game. Uh, he, had, he, had, you know, he was out there and moving around. He moves pretty well. Uh, that's NHL speed. I didn't think he was you know, a full step behind or anything. Um, so makes me want to kind of see more of them, right? That, that first game is hard, but uh want, want to see more of them for sure. What did you see? I thought he looked good being here in the building watching him. One of my biggest questions was just how he'd move around at NHL speed. Yeah. You know, if he would be able to get in the four check and finish checks, if he if his feet would get him there, moved well. And I like the fact that he didn't turn away from checks. That shows an understanding of the way that he needs to play to be in this lineup. Showed more of a willingness to finish a check than Ryan McLeod, frankly, ever has. Uh, and I think in your first game to step in and do that is smart. It's recognizing what other guys aren't doing and how to be useful. So I like mm -hmm. that. And I definitely want to see more of it as well. He was more trusted in this game than Dylan Holloway was. Under seven minutes for Holloway. He had a tough yeah. night. Some tough turnovers in his own end. Some scrambly play. Dylan Holloway, to improve, is going to need to have the puck a lot. He's got a long way to go with yeah. making plays and handling pucks. He shouldn't be here. If, if this is going to be what his nights look like, he shouldn't be here. He needs to be handling the puck tons in the American Hockey League, running a power play, getting a feel for it. Uh, his confidence in play with the puck is nowhere near where it needs for him to develop into a useful player. And tonight is a night where it went the wrong way for him. He didn't, he didn't outwork uh, the trouble that he had with his hands on this night. Got similar Broberg on the back end, right? We, yeah. we, we, we're probably on the same page here. That was the breakdown brought to you by Mr. Dirk. Very short break. When we come back, big picture. We know you want to talk about it. I don't have the stream up, uh, Zuby. You probably do. Uh, but I imagine there's conversations happening about what the Oilers should be doing. Uh, that's our takeaway segment coming up. Stay with us. Hey, everyone. It's Kelly here for United Sport & Cycle. The wait is over. United's annual Hockey Day sale is finally here. Save 20% off on select CCM and Bauer skates. Save 35% off on all Bauer and CCM Pro Stock sticks. And save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior, and CCM goal gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. All right, time for takeaways brought to you by Dr. Tyler Fix. I wonder if Dr. Tyler Fix has a fix for the order D. 
If you are feeling unhappy with your overall level of health, Redefined Health has a great wellness lifestyle program for you. Really unique 90-day program, including daily meal plan, exercise regimen, video instruction and support, pre and post assessment to help you monitor your progress, all for 150 bucks. It's actually getting a lot of stuff for 150 bones to help change the way you're functioning and the way you're feeling day to day. Visit redefinedhealth.com. Okay, Struds, let's go big picture here. I said on SportsCenter yesterday that if this did not improve, if things did not change fairly quickly, that every option needed to be on the table. I said it again after the game here. I just finished doing a hit with SportsCenter as well. So my belief in this moment is that they absolutely are and have to be considering uh, if a change behind the bench is necessary in this moment. I think it's firmly on the table. Other options that are on the table, I believe, are finding a way to free up some cap space, finding a way to bring in a fresh face, shake things up a little bit. Um, that's not easy given the cap situation. When results are what they are with a team that has this level of expectation, there should be nothing that they're not willing to put firmly on the table right now. I think all these conversations are probably being had literally right now, like maybe right over there or, or down there. But those should be happening right now. And I think all of that is fair to have firmly on the table. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think here's the challenge. If you're talking about replacing the coach, I have a hard time picturing who the next man up would be, right? Um, you know, there's, you, I guess, Gerard Gallant's out there. Uh, that might be a guy that you want to look at. I, I, you know, Or you could look at. I'm not sure that's the choice I'd go with. Uh, I don't think your minor league coach is the guy like we saw previously with Jay Woodcroft. So I'll leave some of the guys that are here now you know, Gullickson or Manson. I don't think Stewart's probably ready for that type of role. No chance. But, so I think that it's unlikely that you're going to get the guy you really want. It's just sitting there, like a Rick Tockett, who seems to have put his personality into that team of Vancouver. So I think the, the um, not simpler, but maybe the, the one that makes more sense is to make some kind of a roster move. You, you call it a trade, probably have to get trade money, money out to try to shake this up, this roster up a little bit. Um, because I, I, if you decide Jay's not your guy, I'm not sure who the next guy is that I'd say, yep, that's, that's the answer. You know, where, where are you pulling this magical yeah. coach out of 10 games in the season? Yeah, for sure. And, and that is part of the problem. It's the fastest way to make the most dramatic shift in a locker room. That's not fair for coaches, but that's, that is, it's the fastest way to shake things up just depends on, you know, how serious Ken Hall and Jeff Jackson, Paul Coffey believe this situation is right now. And Bob Nicholson, um, you know, what DEFCON level are they at right now? So who would it be? I think most likely is that it could end up being Glenn Gullitson. Um, you know, he's been a head coach before he's there. Um, he's got some tenure here has been in charge of that power play. I think there's a very strong relationship with 29 and 97 in particular. And I think, you know, that would de definitely be taken into account. But I think it's fair to say, you know, how much of an upgrade would that be? That potentially has changed just for the sake of making change. Um, so let's just say that's the guy. Let's yep. just say we tonight it's decided Jay's out. You're bringing Glenn Gallickson. Is he the long-term solution? Probably not. So then you're getting a new coach. Yeah, this be interim again. Yeah, 
It'd be interim. Yeah, so well, unless have, they, unless they figure something out this season. So going into dry settles last year, you now have three coaches in one season, right? Stability that is not right now, and it, it might work. I mean, I who knows if it's going to work? But I, when you're dealing with such a big decision, is is that the first move? I think a personnel change would be the number one move. The, the 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 one that might be the hardest, but that's the one you probably do. But like, what, what do you do that? I, I mean. Well, they're so strapped on the cap. Like, think about what the options are. The options would be to cut bait on Connor Brown, right? He's only at yeah. nine games. Um, that'd be a tough one. I mean, the guy who repped him and did that deal is Jeff Jackson. Yeah. That's a tough one, right? Mm -hmm. If you make that call and you bury bury that player before you give him his 10th game, that's tough. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily save you a ton in the moment. Um, one of the other options could be, um, I'll tell you what, and this might sound harsh, but if you could find a player that you knew had a major heartbeat and that would go out there and skate hard and finish checks and play in the middle of the ice and that wasn't as expensive, I would, I'd consider moving Ryan McLeod. Oof. I mean, he's done nothing this season. Absolutely wow. nothing. This team desperately needs him to engage in a meaningful way. And he's just skating around the outside of the ice. He's got, nothing for points, um, isn't getting the inside consistently, doesn't seem to be stepping outside his comfort zone in an effort to change anything. And, you know, for what he's producing, makes too much money. And you know the other thing about the Edmonton Oilers study? They already got three pretty good centers. So they'll be okay. Um, maybe there, maybe there's a consideration there. Um, just, just to bring in a different face, someone that got a better energy level, a little more jam on the ice. I don't know who that player is, but if you're looking for players that you can move, that will clear up some space to change the dynamic. Ryan McLeod is a guy that right now, if they flip that dynamic on its head, I'd have a hard time blaming them. Yeah, so you're talking about a young player that just over $2 million, skates fast and looks like he's getting a lot done, but so far this year hasn't got a lot done. Uh, let me throw something to change that. Why not okay. go with three centers and put McLeod on the wing, right? So it adds a little bit yep. more speed on the wing uh, compared to Nuge. So you go, whatever, Connor, Leon, Nuge. And then you spread the pieces around the outside, right? Give it a different look. Um, and, and that does something without changing the, you know, having to make the trade. You can still look to make, look to make a trade because right now it's money in, money out. Yeah. Right? So you're putting that together because I think the Oilers, when they're playing their best, the type of player you're talking about, they have them in Kane. They have them in Hyman and they have them in uh, Connor Brown or should have them in Connor Brown, right? Yeah. This is assuming you keep them. So that's three guys. They should have three skilled centers. And you put three guys on the wings. They're supposed to work hard and, and get into it. And Fogel, Fogel too, right? Is like that. Yep. Sorry. Yep. You're 100% Fogel. And then that leaves you McLeod, who's just a, a, a flyer up and down the wing. And then I'm missing uh, Holloway, right? Holloway. Uh, Gagne, Ernie's an option. Gagne, yep. So I, you know, just as we're talking big picture, I, I, you know, the coach, I just to make a change to make a change to bring in someone who's the same. I, I'm not sure that's. I get it. I, I get we might be, and I'm not saying it's the wrong choice. I just want to know who you're replacing them with, right? Yeah. And then you got making a trade that might be hard. Why not try a different look with your your roster? Yeah. So go one, two, three centers, spread it around, and get them going like that. Back to the Weiss Johnson soundbox. I, I talked to Zach Hyman tonight. You know, I asked him a question about the group holding themselves accountable. Like how much, how attentive is the group in there to one another, but also how attentive are they to the message from the head coach? Here's Zach Hyman. 
I think the attentiveness is, is, is there for the head coach's message. I think, you know, Woody's track record is, speaks for itself. Like he came in and, and really shaped our team. And I think, you know, like I said, we've gone through stretches like this in the past with Woody as coach as well. Like we, we've gone through 10 game segments where we haven't been our best. But, you know, I think we're confident that we that we know what we need to do to turn it around. Like that's 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 the you know the honest answer is you got to go out there and work. So. If you're on the side of making change, here is your argument. Jay Woodcroft made the decision in the offseason to change the way that this team defended. And so he implemented a new system to try and fundamentally make them a better defensive team. That's his choice. This is his thing, and it's his choice. It's been a disaster. I don't care. Talk about the system versus this, that, whatever. They're giving up over four. They're, they're one of the worst teams in the league at defending against goals. They weren't that before. So it's broken. And he played a role in breaking it by making that decision. That's just what it is. So as a coach, you wear that when you make changes like that and they don't work. Yes, it's on the players. They're the ones that have to execute. You're the one that pulled the trigger on that change, right? Understand why. We all know that in the big picture, they need to defend better if they're going to get where they want to go but was an entirely new system right from day one of training camp, the way to go, or do you slowly implement something? Because when you try and make too much in the way it changes, now you're messing with your start and how comfortable the group will be. That would be the argument, a big point as to why potentially changes need to be made. I would cite in-game adjustments, a la Sam Gagne not on the ice at the end of last game, in-game adjustments with lines, a stubbornness with 97 and 29 together, I think there have been definitely some things on the checklist that are, you know, definitely check marks for those that are in favor of that. I think it's a fair, those are all fair points to make, Struds. So my counterpoint would be, does nine or 10 games wipe out a year and a half of nothing but really good results? Yeah. And probably not, I think, is the answer. I think that's yeah. fair of you to say. And I think with Drysaddle dry for seven games and McDavid dry for five, that's tough to wrap, you know, yeah. hang that around his neck too, right? So I think... You know, I'm not saying that I necessarily subscribe to that or that I think it should happen. I think it's too soon right now. Yeah. But I do think that it's on the table and it's very fair conversation at this point. Yeah, and I get it. I, I understand what I understand the frustration. You know, this this by their own admission or or, or own chatter, this is a team that was wants to win the Stanley Cup. And right now they're looking like they might win the first pick of the year, right? That and that's yeah. talk about a change. You know, that is Unreal. that could not have been a worse outcome for this group. Um, so here we are, we're, we're, we're trying to sort this out and figure out what to do. Um, I hear you about the, 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 the change in, in the system. I'm going to push back a little bit though. Cause if you don't do it the beginning of the year, is it easier to do it mid season when guys are kind of ingrained to the way they play? Um, and I think on top of that, I think that there's been small breakdowns of just basic defensive habits that everyone should have that, that, that just didn't add up. Like I, I'll go on and I'll say it again. I believe this team was looking so far down the road, they forgot that they have to play the season. And now it's it's caught up to them. And wow. they're trying to catch up to the rest of the league. They should have got, I mean, there was no reason for this group not to be really attentive early on. They got absolutely embarrassed the first night of the season. Right. And then, you know what? The good thing about that was, Struds, they got a shot at those guys right afterwards, mm -hmm. right? That wasn't us. Remember? And it was I like did. steady, steady yeah. the ship. That wasn't that wasn't this group. 
when they didn't counterpunch, that needed to be major alarm bells ringing. Major alarm bells ringing. Like they were in Jersey when they started benching guys. Like it has been in Vancouver this year with a level of accountability. So um, it's on the players and these individual mistakes are on the players. But you also need to set a tone where the group understands there's a price to be paid for making those mistakes. And it's across the board and it's everybody. And that's why, you know, I've been asking questions about accountability within the group, right? Because, you know, if it's the system, it's the system. If it's individual mistakes that are allowed to just continue happening, 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 how do you weed those out, right? And it's about setting a standard where everybody knows it's unacceptable and there's consequences to pay. Now, in fairness to him, not like he can healthy scratch anybody. It's not like, you know, he can bench bench guys that often because he doesn't have enough players on his roster and in his lineup. They're in cap hell. I think you can bench guys for a, a, a period of time. In game. And I, and I Other think than that, Broberg and Holloway. Yes, you can. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think that now, I think he he's at the point now where that's what's got to happen, right? Whether it's a lack of effort. He was at or, that point six games ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. So let's look at the standard the Stanley Cup or bust or not. If that's what the standard is, yeah. why would you not set the tone immediately this season? Immediately. No, 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 no. No, you can't. You can't because what you're trying to do is you, you have to show that you believe in your team, right? And that you let these guys work it through. That's why you don't do it game two or game three. Uh, I don't you're, know. You're Timo Meyer got benched real early in Jersey. I yeah, mean, they, they, they went ahead and said the standard yeah. is different now. Sit new, down. New player to the team, right? So newer player hasn't been there a long time. Newer mm-hmm. player to the team. So, But now I think you're at the point where it's time where you do need to do it. You look at um, Maple Leafs the other night bench uh, Bertuzzi. Kind of their big off-season signing, only a one-year deal. They don't like the way he's playing. I went back and looked at some of those goals. Like they, he is, he he was derelict in his duties, defending his own end or, or giveaways. Boom, just just set him yeah. for a while. Nothing grabs a player's attention or a room's attention like when someone gets benched. Let's say there's there's a lines going out all the time, and then all of a sudden it's like Rashad off, Strudwick, you're on left wing. The whole bench just everyone knows. Everybody knows when someone's getting benched. It's not a, it's there's no secrets on the bench. Oh yeah. I think that gets your attention. So I think he is at that point. Uh, and I would I would strongly recommend that, you know, unfortunately, someone's going to be made uh, the scapegoat here and they're going to hammer on someone next game. All right. We do want to hear what you have to say. So ask us anything is coming up. Zuby's got all your uh, comments coming in on the stream. That was takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. Uh, when we come up, Back after the break, where you've got Struddy's World and Ask Us Anything. A reminder, by the way, that Struddy's appearances on the podcast, at least this one, are brought to you by our great friends over at Kinprint. High-quality apparel, promotional products to take your brand to the next level. Check out all they have to offer. The website is kinprint.ca. If you're a new company, too, they can actually help you with branding, logo design, marketing strategy, all that stuff. They're pretty versatile. So uh, check them out at kinprint.ca. Short break, right back. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster. Find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. 
top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park in Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a z.ca. If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Mention Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. Time now for Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Maintenance-free decking and fencing. They've got locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. I was looking at our analytics the other day. We've got a lot of viewers and listeners in Calgary. So thank you to those of you down Highway 2 that are joining us. Remember, DLR has a location in Calgary. Give my brother Rob a call. Check everything out at dlrvinylproducts.ca. Maintenance-free fencing and decking, right? You don't have to stand. You don't have to stain. You don't have to paint. It goes in once and then you're done. So uh, call Rick here in Edmonton or Rob in Calgary if you're interested in that. And you can set up plans here over the uh, winter to get your brand new fence or deck installed next year. Struds, have at it, pal. You know, every every time the Oilers lose, there's, there's a post game and they send out um, players to talk to the media. And, and Zach Hyman is really well spoken. And he's not the only one. Many of the guys, they talk about how when they're asked what's going on, they say, well, we believe in this team. We're still a good team. We believe what we can do, and we're going to turn this around. And I get that. you got to protect yourselves. you got to kind of insulate and, 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 and kind of circle the wagon so you're all, you know, shooting out um, and, and kind of protecting yourselves. But the reality is, as a leadership group, at some point you have to say, you know what? What we've done is not good enough. We, we not, have not been good enough. We need to get back to our basics. And what are those basics? And, and they can highlight them. They can say, you know, defending or, or skiing with more speed through neutral zone and getting to the boot paint, whatever it is. And, and it can be a private conversation, but, you know, publicly to the media, you can say it's just, it's not there. We're not, we are not at the level we need to. Because saying you're a good team, it's kind of like saying I used to be able to bench press 300 pounds when I was 25. Now, you know, I can, I'm lucky if I get up 280, right? I've lost a little bit of strength. But you need to talk about the present what you are right now. And right now, this season, they haven't shown that they are an elite team. They have not. Small stretches for sure. But they have not shown this season that this group is capable of greatness. We haven't seen it. Doesn't mean they can't do it. But as a leadership group, I believe it's time for them to say, hey, we're not we're not who we used to be and who cares what we used to be? Because what we are now is not a good team. It's a lottery team right now, the way we're playing. There's more skill there for sure. And I believe they, they, they're much better than they've shown. But the idea of saying, oh, we believe in this group and we're better than we got, we're showing, we don't know that. We don't know that that's true because they haven't shown it. So this leadership group has to face the facts, get in front of their teammates, uh, talk to each other, 
and 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 talk about what we want to be because right now they're not showing any of the level that they think they were because they aren't that right now. They have the skill, Struds, and it's a great point you make. They have the skill. Like Drysdale and McDavid are are special all time players for sure. Yeah, and they there are things that they have the skill and the ability to do to lead their team out of this, or at least really pull hard on that rope, right? They can take over games. We've seen it. They can drive crazy amounts of offense. We've seen it. They haven't done that yet in an effort to pull this team out of it. And I think that's what's kind of disturbing is it's like with the team struggling the way it is, those guys aren't throwing it on their back. And that that's kind of disturbing because that's that's what these guys are made to do. That's why they're paid what they're paid, and that's why they are who they are. So a big part of the responsibility definitely falls on their shoulders, but the rest of the leadership group too. We're going to find something out about this leadership group, man. Like they've been through tough stretches of 10 games before, right? They went through last year. I think they had a three and seven stretch in games 11 through 20, and it wasn't pretty. And then we all saw what they were able to do. But this is different. They started this way. At no point have they had their mojo. At no point have they had a, anything good to grab onto and for any sort of consistency. So they're going to have to find it in themselves. They're going to have to manufacture it here. And this leadership group's tested big time right now. And that's my point is that this year, we haven't seen that group. We haven't seen it. So you can't keep saying, well, we're believing this, we're believing. You can, you know, it makes you feel better. And I, I understand what they're trying to say. So I'm not ripping, and in this case, Zach Hyman. But what I am saying, you have not put it together this year. And this, your record is what it is, right? Yeah. This is who you are right now. You're a bottom team. They're better than this for sure, but they haven't shown it this year. So they can't go back and say, hey, remember in October when we did this? Or remember in November when we did this? They haven't. They haven't done that yet. And I think that's the reality I think the group has to kind of face. All right, that was Struddy's World brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. I've been looking forward to this segment because I, I can imagine there's lots of action <laughs> happening on the stream there, Zuby. Uh, if you want to bring yourself in, we'll get to our Ask Us Anything brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House, your destination for all the sports action, big screens, ice cold beer, and all your pub favorites perfected. Match Eatery and Public House located adjacent to Rogers Place in the Grand Villa Casino. For more information, Check them out at matchpub.com. They're a great option if you're coming to the game. Come a little early. Maybe give Ahmed Enterprises a call. Catch a limo, grab a bite at match, watch the game, or even stop in post-game. Really handy that it's attached right here to the rink. Okay, Zuby, normally I can keep an eye on the feed during the podcast, but because I'm on location here, I haven't been able to. How how are the masses, buds? It's, it's what you'd expect. It's okay. It just... um. It's been even too much for me to met, you know, in the commercial break, there's sometimes I'm switching some stuff and then I go back and it's like, what I was reading is gone. <laughs> so yeah. so very, very active and, the, and everyone's been uh, pretty well mannered and uh, uh, it, it's been good. Um, a couple of, I'll, I'll start with Harry E. Polinsky. I think he wrote something that certainly I know as a fan, I was feeling, he says, I don't really have anything to say. I'm just disappointed and sad. Um, so I thought that kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, a couple of good, funny little uh, chirps and things that uh, Master Ugwe said, you know, it's bad when you let O'Reilly score twice on the same shift. Um, that was, <laughs> that kind of How did no one see that puck go in? How did no one see I that I thought it did. Win? I got a pretty That's good vantage incredible. point here, though. Like, I, that was right down there from where I am. And, and I thought it went in. I kind of went, like, what? 
Um, but yeah, and then he ends up getting another one there. So actually, they gave up six today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, J JL says, I've lots of talk about um, coaching changes. We don't like to engage in speculation, but JL no, no. says. It's fair right now, buddy. It's it's part of the conversation. So Well, Ahmed, uh, Ahmed is all over Daryl Sutter. I'll tell you, Ahmed's all over Daryl Sutter, and a few other folks are uh, su su surprising to me, surprisingly, on that train. And uh, JL chimed in here. I thought this was a good one. He says, send Gallant a taxi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he is an interesting option, right? He's, he's been around, he's got experience. He's, you know, like he's generally described as a guy that the players have lots of buy-in for. So he, he would be on the list of, of, of coaches that would have to be discussed. Again, I'll go back to what I said before. I do believe that we're getting into that range and it's on the table, but I also believe it's a little bit early right now. And the fact that, you know, the big guys haven't been doing you know, haven't been doing a lot lately. I think that probably, you know, buys you a little bit of leeway. It's not like those guys are, are producing like the, anywhere near what they normally would. And you still aren't being able to, you know, pick up wins. So I believe it's early, but I believe it's on the table. Um, Davin, uh, regular streamer says those, those post-game interviews must be brutal. I don't know how you do it, Ryan, but thanks dude. So a little shout yeah. out there. And then he, he yeah. also added maybe a question for Strud's. And I think this is a little tongue in cheek, but he asked it multiple times. So I think he'd like to hear if there's some insight into this. He says, what does Dave Manson actually do? He's in on Dave Manson. Well, I mean, he's, I think he's, well, he's their D-man coach. And I think he, you're just trying to help the guys, you know, be the best version they can. And, and I, I think if I was an NHL coach, I'd want to be a D-man coach. There's only six or seven of them. And you can really kind of help them find their games and find, add little pieces to what they're trying to become as players. Now, every all six right now are all different. They're all different in what they need to work on or what they are good at or what their weaknesses are. So you're trying to help them be the best they can, both on the ice and in video. Right now, it's probably mostly video because practice time is sometimes sometimes limited. Um, so, I mean, Matson, I mean, look at what, what are you looking for at a D-man coach? Someone who's been around a long time as a coach, played a ton as a player, was a good player over a thousand games. You know, I, I think that it's hard to find a guy that's is, is qualified as, as what Manson is to be a, a D-man coach. Yeah. And I'm at practices all the time and, and I can tell you, like he's incredibly engaged, right? He's, he's constantly having meetings with his players on the ice, long discussions, talks, many long talks with Philip Broberg and Vinny Darnay. He'll call the whole group of six or seven together. They'll work on stuff. They come out early. Like there's no lack of like buy-in work ethic, willingness to work one-on-one. -on -one. Like Dave Manson is very well liked, very well respected, but like Jay Woodcroft, he wears these results as well. So I think it's, it's, it's fair to ask that question. I think it falls at the feet of the head coach. You know, as far as the rest of the staff goes, those are conversations that happen after the fact, but it falls at the feet of the head coach, and I think Jay Woodcroft would say that as well. Um, lots of mention of a former Oiler player. A uh, number of people mentioned him. I'm, I'm going to bring up uh, Thomas M. said, Clem Costin is missed, much more effective than 71, and I think he makes that comparison because – uh, obviously, contract money-wise, they kind of ended up landing at the same spot. It's revisionist history, but do you guys have a, a thought about that? Yeah, I mean, they miss the they miss the physicality. They miss a guy who's not afraid to drop the gloves. They miss a guy who is willing to you know try and change momentum in different ways. For sure, they miss all those things. I'm not gonna revise history and say at the time I wasn't saying yeah they need to let McLeod go and keep Liam Costin. 
and I'm not sure that many people are. So I'm not going to beat them over the head with that decision, but clearly they could use that player on this roster, just not at that dollar figure. Yeah, I think the emotion, right? He brings emotion and a fire to the group and that big shot and fighting. Like, it's just, it's he's a character, right? Who are the characters on this Oilers team? Yeah. Kane? Oh, yeah, there aren't, there aren't a lot. Like, they don't have the... They don't have the dressing room, you know, goofball. Yeah. They don't have the disruptor. They don't like. There's a lot of really good guys in that room, and I, That's right. I, I spent enough time in there, I think, to say that a lot of really like decent dudes. I think they all get along really well. Um, but Struds, you've been in enough locker rooms, right? You need you, you you do need the disruptors. We need someone just to fire things up and on the ice. So that you know, it was it was Kane and Costin, and one of those two guys was always doing something. Now Kane lost missed good chunks this season, so it was Costin, right? And you just need people just to kind of stir it up, stir up a little bit of something. Okay, lots of folks also uh, want to talk Ken Holland. Of course, they're bringing his name up as as to uh, the responsibility and Lion T specifically saying why. We you mentioned earlier that the Oilers are in cap hell. He says, "Why are you in cap hell, Holland?" Hunter, that's his opinion. Ontario Moms also then adds, and there was mention of this in a previous show. At what point does Jeff Jackson start to mold the team instead of waiting for Holland to finish it? Soon. I mean, he he already will. He already will be in on that, right? He'll already, you know, his stamp will start to be on this team as as decisions are made. I mean, he's going to work with Ken Holland, um, but I I. I don't think that Ken Holland gets moved out before the end of this season. I I, I just don't see that happening. Um, changing the general manager at this point, like your your the team is there, you're into the season. Um, I think he's shown himself to be pretty adept at trade deadlines and improving the team struds. So to me, that that's not where the change would happen. It would either be personnel on the ice or behind the bench. Those are the ways that you affect results the quickest way. Well, you look at another team, the Toronto Maple Leafs are struggling. You know, the the the, the lack of movement in the cap has been hard. Right? It's been hard for a lot of teams, the top teams. Now, there are other teams that make it work, and I, so I'm not saying it's impossible. But there are other teams that are the same as owners who sign some big guys to their contracts, and then the con- then the cap code doesn't go up for a number of years. It puts you in cap hell, um, and that's where they are. But that being said, cap hell isn't the reason the owners aren't performing. Like there, there, there is a better team on the ice than the results show, and so. You know, I didn't see anyone at the beginning of the season saying Ken Holland should be fired for what he did this summer. You know, no, in, no. In, 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 no, no. What? No. So I think that this team could, is better than their 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 marks or their marks. It's not school. Their their results have shown. So I, I don't know. I mean, Jeff Jackson is going to put his two cents. Definitely mold the team he wants, uh, even if he has to do it over top of Ken Holland's shoulders. But let's be clear: this team is not, you know, two two points or four points better than the San Jose Sharks on paper. No. Couple more Zuby, then we'll uh, get the heck out of here. They're starting to vacuum all around me. <laughs> okay. On the on the coaching front, um, Quinn Bunton Wahlberg says, "Sure, players are expected to play hard and compete, but if the coach never holds players accountable, then the players don't change." I'm gonna just roll into Hontorio Mom says, "Rick Tockett called his team out after a win," and Andrew Sabine says, "Bag skate time." Um, I, some of these are things we've touched on, but like what? What turn? What can they do to turn it around? What can't like? What's what can be done? So I'll jump in. I I think bag skates. Bag skates are useless. I think what you do is you make them compete. So you do a lot of three on three down low, five on five in zone. Like those are just get that compete level up because you want to win puck battles. 
you just don't make me skate. Like I, I hate bag skates. You're just up and down, up and down with mindless thinking. Now there's conditioning skates. That's one thing. But bag skates to get the guy's attention, I think you've lost answers. You're out of answers. Work on competing drills. So smaller area two-on-twos or smaller area three-on-threes, whatever's four-on-twos, in-zone, anything to get that compete level up higher. Yeah, and I think that it's about empowering more people at this point. And I think, unfortunately, because the results have been so bad, they've leaned heavily towards you know the big guys in an effort to find their way out of it. And I can understand that instinct. But if you think about when this team truly was clicking at its best, it was when more 100%. players were a bigger part of the solution. The problem is you have to live through mistakes. You have to live through tough moments and you have to, you know, be the firm hand when it's necessary, but also be the guy that empowers people to go out there and get back at it. That is a, it's a, it's not easy. It's a tricky balance, but it's a coach's job to find that balance. So how do you get, I mean, they're not able to get much out of Dylan Holloway right now, right? Now, is that on Dylan Holloway? Absolutely. Have they had plenty of time with Dylan Holloway on this roster as an NHLer to build his confidence up to much more than what it is right now? A thousand percent they have, and they have not prioritized it. They haven't. And so now they've got a player that's not reliable when they need him. That's coaching. Right, It's a coach's job to put players in position to have some successes. And they have not prioritized that with Holloway. And now he's one of a bunch of guys that don't have a whole lot to offer right now. His confidence isn't there. It was the exact same thing with Philip Broberg. These aren't sixth-round draft picks or free agent signings that are bottom-of-the-roster guys. These are first-round picks and huge parts of the organization that have zero traction as NHL players so far. That's coaching, too. Okay, I got, there was one good shirt from Everybody Lost in Ego. He said to you, Ryan, he said, Mr. He said, Mr. Dirk turned you into a magician. That, that made me laugh. <laughs> hey, let me see what I got then, here. Uh, <laughs> what do you got up your sleeve? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I wanted to include this poll. I did a poll to, to try to bring a little levity to the chat. And you guys haven't seen this, so I'm going to let you know how, how, it sh how it shook down. My question was, if the Oilers season or a movie, what movie cliche would be what brings the team together? 19% uh, struggling uh, said, struggling player gets new glasses. 20% says, uh, a new player who is hated at first, and implies that he, he would eventually be accepted. 24% mm -hmm. says, team sings karaoke together on a road trip. That was 24%. And in first place, 35%, what's going to save the Oilers season if it were a movie? Some type of animal joins the team, 35%, like a golden retriever <laughs> or a monkey. I, I think it's time to just, just blow one open on the road, man. Get out on the road, get the fellas together, and just have at her. And then be running on instinct and fumes yeah. the next night and scratch out a win. And if it doesn't work, it's a disaster. But it might be at that point now. No, but not even – you're not running on instinct. You're running on guilt. Because you're like, yeah, we had a good night. We exactly. better bring it tonight. Exactly. And it mo it's a big motivator because you know if you don't, your coach will bag you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, man, I tell you, this is a make-or-break road trip. Like, they're heading out here, and they have to start piling up some wins. They really do for yeah. their own confidence, you know, for, for the sure. coach's stability, quite frankly, because they, they may not have a choice. If the truth is, whether it's fair or not, or just whatever, this goes three, four, five more games where it's like one win and four or five losses and one win. And like, 
there is a breaking point. And I believe they're in that vicinity right now. I don't think it's yet, but I think they're definitely getting into that into that vicinity right now. So huge road trip coming up for the orders. Okay, I just shuffled my script in with a bunch of other papers. We got to do our gem of the day. By the way, that was Ask Us Anything, brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. I don't know if we have a gem of the day yet, Stretty. I'll let you think I got about it. that for a I second. Got you it. got it? Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sport is our sponsor, Gem of the Day, United Sport and Cycle. It's your home for hockey, sticks and skates, masks and pads. They get you outfitted and ready to dominate on the ice. Go visit them in store to check out their great collection of gear you can try before you buy if you want. Get fitted for new equipment or get a current piece repaired. They do it all. Kelly and the great crew at unitedsport.ca. Gem of the Day, Struddy. What do you got, buddy? Connor McDavid, death by a thousand cuts. Little mistakes are killing them, and he he nailed it. As usual, he's when he speaks, he's usually right on it. Well Strutty, done, Connor. Uh, Zuby, can you roll the clip? Since I mean, we might as well when we got it sitting there on your board. Let's roll the gem of the day over the. Uh, you don't have to kill the music. Could have done both at the same time. No. Yeah, it's just death by a thousand cuts. You know, like that's what it feels like. It's just you know, like one one mistake and it costs us another little mistake and you know, kind of just snowballs and like I said, it's tough to it's tough to chase games. They're in That's one. It. They are absolutely in one right now. This group being tested in a way that I mean last year they had a bad stretch, two struts, but that was different. This is testing this group in a much different way. Is there is there light on the horizon? Do they come through this challenge and firmer and stronger and absolute world beaters on the other 100%. side of this mess? It feels it hard to you. see, but yeah, it'll harden you. It can harden you, but you have to come out of it. If you don't come out of it, there's no hardening. Good point. All right, <laughs> great podcast, guys. Thank you for all your That's contributions. What she said. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it, but I let it go. Uh, Thanks for your contributions uh, over on YouTube. Love the live stream. Love chatting with fans. Hang in there. Orders heading out on the road. We'll do lots of podcasts in the meantime. Lots to discuss. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Hey, go blow one out yourself. Have a good one. Run on fumes and guilt tomorrow. (laughs) Struds and I definitely will be. Uh, We'll catch you next time. Big thanks to our title sponsors, Sherwood Buick GMC. Cheers, everyone.